Well, praise the Lord. It's good to know that you're saved on your way to heaven. If you don't know that you're on your way to heaven, you can. You can. You say, well, preacher, how can you know? It's only through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. And I praise the Lord for that. Well, I think they had a good Sunday school class next door. I think uh, uh, had about five of the f- different fellows had to, Brian put the B on them. They had to do uh, uh, so many minutes worth of uh, Sunday school. And uh, you could have sold all kinds of tums to those guys and stuff. Or, you know, they, their stomach's upset and everything. But I think they're doing pretty good now that it's over. They come in, it's just like a relief and everything. What they didn't realize is that I'm going to just randomly pick them maybe next Sunday night and let them preach a little bit, amen, and not give them any notice. But anyway, uh, I think it'd be a lot of fun, you know. I don't know whether they'd think too much about it, but uh, I wouldn't do that. Well, yeah, I might do that. I don't know. Uh, remember, of course, next uh, Sunday night is the, the singing, and so if you are going to sing or, or play an instrumental, please uh, sign up on the bulletin board out there. Take your Bibles and turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 12. 1 Samuel chapter 12. 1 Samuel chapter 12. And if you would please stand for the reading of God's Word. We're going to begin reading verse 13. We have began a, a series which we've titled, With All Your Heart. With All Your Heart. And I think it's so important that we realize the importance of our heart being involved in living for the Lord, serving the Lord, magnifying the Lord. Everything that we do for the Lord should be done with all of our heart. You know, my dad used to tell us, he said, now listen, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing to your best. Do everything you can, do it with everything you got. And uh, I, I believe the Lord, he would tell us the same thing. If you're going to live for me, live for me with all your heart. Do everything you can, do all that you can for me with all your heart, not just halfway. We find here in Samuel, of course, uh, the children of Israel had been in, uh, has come into the, into the land of Canaan. They are, are now in their possess, possessed lands and so forth. And, but now they're, they're battling and still fighting some of the, the different ones that's come in to fight against them. And they begin to want a king. They desire that, uh, that they would choose a king. Samuel is getting old now. He's up in years. And they've come to him they said, you're up in years, and your children, your boys that uh, are, are also judges, they, they're not doing like you. They're not living like you live. They're not doing what, you ought, what they ought to be doing. And boy, I tell you what, there's a message there, but we're not preaching on that today. I tell you what, it's important that every one of us live for the Lord Jesus Christ, doesn't matter what your age is. But anyway, they desire uh, Samuel to set a king before them. And, and then, so the Lord chooses out Saul to be their king. Well, we get down here, and there's a confirmation goes through with a battle here, but we're down here in chapter 12, and now Samuel is telling them this is what's going to take place. I want to lay things out for you, he says. I want you to understand what you have done by choosing a king to place over you instead of having God, the Lord God of heaven, to be your king. Look at me in verse 13. It says, Now therefore, behold, the king whom ye have chosen, notice that, and whom ye have desired. And behold, the Lord has set a king over you. He gave them what they wanted. If ye will hear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then shall both ye and also the king that reigneth over you continue following the Lord your God. But if ye will not obey the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then shall the hand of the Lord be against you as it is as, as it, it was against your father. Now therefore, stand ye and see this great thing which the Lord will do before your eyes. And he's getting ready, he said, I want you to see that I'm telling you the truth. 
He's getting ready to do something that does not happen in that, in that part of the country. Notice he says here, it is, is it not wheat harvest today? And that wheat harvest would be uh, from May to June is what it would basically be there in Israel. And it's a very, very dry time. It's just unheard of to get rain at that time. And he goes on and says, I will call unto the Lord and he shall send thunder and rain that ye may perceive and see that your wickedness is great, which ye have done in the sight of the Lord in asking you a king. So Samuel called unto the Lord, and the Lord sent thunder and rain that day. And all the people greatly feared the Lord and Samuel. And all the people said unto Samuel, Pray for thy servants unto the Lord thy God, that we die not, for we have added unto all our sins this evil to ask us a king. And Samuel said unto the people, Fear not, ye have done all this wickedness, yet turn not aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. And turn ye not aside, for then should ye go after vain things, which cannot profit nor deliver, for they are vain. For the Lord will not forsake His people for His great namesake, because it hath pleased the Lord to make you His people." Moreover, as for me, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you, but I will teach you the good and the right way. Only fear the Lord and serve Him in truth with all your heart. For consider how great things He hath done for you. But if ye shall still do wickedly, ye shall be consumed, both ye and your king. Look back in verse 20 and verse 24, it says, And Samuel said, The people fear not... For ye have done all this wickedness, turn, yet turn not aside from following the Lord. He says, no, but serve the Lord with all your heart. Down in verse 24, again, he says, oh, fear the Lord and serve Him in truth and with all your heart. I'd like to preach a message that I've titled, Serve the Lord with all your heart. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning. Lord, it is so good. Lord, after the weather and being out of, out of in-person uh, services, Lord, to be back, Lord, to have folks back in the, in the building. We do thank you, Lord, that you bless us, Lord. You watch over us, even through the, the bad weather and the, the extreme cold, Lord. You have blessed us and watched over us. We thank you for that, and Lord, we, we do not complain about that. But Lord, I pray that uh, you would help us, to, Lord, to realize how important it is to be together. And Lord, how important it is to serve you together. And Lord, how important it is, even this morning, to serve you with all of our heart. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to hearts this morning. Lord, there may be someone here this morning that doesn't know Jesus Christ, their Savior. If they died today, they don't know that they'd go to heaven. Lord, it's so needful that they understand that Jesus died on the cross for them. He went to the cross and died and laid down his life, was laid in a borrowed tomb and rose again the third day. And Lord, uh, they can have eternal life if they'll put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, what he did at Calvary for them. And Lord, I pray that today would be that day, Lord, that they'd see their great need of salvation, Lord, because no man knows the hour in which they may die or in which you may come back. So, Lord, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts and draw us near unto you. And we thank you and we love you, Lord, for this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You be seated. Samuel wasn't afraid to point out the sin of the people here and then, then to challenge them to devote themselves to the Lord and, and to his covenant. They had demanded a king to lead them and they failed to recognize the, the mere fact that, hey, they had a king. They had the Lord. They had the greatest king that there could possibly be. They had the Lord, the all-powerful, mighty God. A God that had the infinite power more than any mere man. 
But the sad fact is, is that even when, when they was to supposedly be following him, they wouldn't follow him. And now they've asked uh, in this wickedness to, to have a king, a man put over them. They should have expressed their gratitude. They should have been thankful for what God had done. How God led them out of Egypt and brought them into the promised land. How God had defeated their enemies. How He opened up the Red Sea and they walked across on dry ground. How He opened up the Jordan River and they walked across on dry ground. And how He had abundantly fed them in the wilderness with manna and and brought water from the rock and and give them drink. And all that He had done and their clothes never never, uh, faded away and their shoes never wore out during that 40 years that they wandered in the wilderness. And to see the great miracles in the hand of God. And yet it seems as though they're not grateful for it. They should have been con- confessed their unbelief and they should have trusted in the Lord alone. They shouldn't have been asking for a king, but they did. They asked for a king instead of exchanging and the rule of the, of the Lord their God. They, they exchanged that rule for the leadership of a mere man. Someone that did not have the power that God has. Someone to stand over them to rule. God gave them what they asked for. Can I tell you this morning, you better be careful what you ask the Lord for. He might give it to you. Be careful what you ask for because you better make sure it's what the Lord wants you to have because sometimes He gives us what we ask for and it's not the best thing for us. Well, first of all, Samuel instructs them to fear not nor turn aside from the Lord. Look at verse 20. It says, And Samuel said unto the people, Fear not. Ye have done this, all this wickedness. He wasn't, he wasn't ashamed to point out, You've done wickedly. He says, yet turn not aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. And turn not aside, for then should ye go after vain things which cannot profit nor deliver, for they are vain. He says, listen, if you you turn aside and you don't follow the Lord, he said, there's going to be all kinds of things coming to your life, vain things that's going to lead you astray, that's going to cause your life to be in jeopardy, that's going to cause you to to fail and to falter in the Lord. And it's going to drag you away from the things of God. He said, you're going to follow vain things. Things that, are, that will not profit you in any form or fashion. He said, be careful. He said, follow the Lord. Don't follow after those things. He said, but I want you to understand. He said, you, you have admitted that you have sinned against the Lord. He said, and, and you're fearful right now. He said, but listen, he said, don't fear. Friend, don't let the past sins and mistakes spoil your life. You may be sitting here and, and constantly the devil drags up your past and tries to beat you down with your past. Can I tell you something? Hey, listen, don't be fearful of your past. It is exactly that. It is the past. And you need to stand with the Lord and, and walk with Him. Your mistakes can spoil your life if you let it. So many want to what the world has and want to do what the world does. Israel here, they wanted to be like other nations. That's how, how they decided that they wanted a king is because they seen the other nations. The other nations had a king that would lead them out to war. They had, they had, the other nations had, had a king and that would uh, rule over the people. And, and they said, we've seen all this and, and that's what we need. We need a king. And they was wanting what everybody else had. But they had something that was better than what everybody else had. And they didn't realize it. Israel wanted to be like all the rest of them, to go for their king, go out to war with them. In, in 1 Samuel chapter 8 and verse 19 and 20, we see where they're asking. It says, nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. He said, don't ask for a king. And they said, nay, but we will have a king over us. That we also may be, notice what they said, that we also may be like all nations. 
So we want to be like the rest of them. And that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. So they turn from having the Lord their king to turn to have a king like the the heathen nations around them. Now stop and think about this. Get this in your mind. These other nations, when the Lord brought them into Canaan, the Lord delivered those other nations into their hand and they beat them in battle. Why would they want a king that couldn't defeat their God? But now they're saying, I want a king like they got. I want to be like they are. You know, it's pretty sad we're living day and time when Christians are saying, I want to be like the world. I want, I want what the world has. I want to be able to do this like they're doing. And I, and I realize that the Bible says maybe I shouldn't be doing those things and I shouldn't be doing this, shouldn't be, act like this and everything, but I want to be like the world. This happens all around us today as Christians support liberal Christianity and vote for political leaders who support killing of the unborn child and who promote gender neutrality and ideology and and support homosexual marriages and many other things which uh, the Bible has completely spelled out is sin and an abomination against God. Do you realize that we have those who profess to be Christians today who are saying that abortion is okay? I don't have time. I'd love to take you to a bunch of scriptures that show you that it's not okay. The gender neutrality. I can take you to, to Genesis and it says that he made uh, male and female. And he made, it says that he made them that way. It wasn't after they were born that Eve got up and said, you know what? I know I came out of your rib and everything. I think I'd like to be a man. I just feel that inside me. After all, I do have your rib. No, God made them male and female. You ever see a couple of roosters walking across the barnyard arm in arm? No. Nature knows. Nature knows. And yet we're living in a time when we have all the supposed professed Christians who are going after the liberal. i got an article in my office right now where it's talking about the, the liberal Christianity movement today. And it's being led, and much of it is being exalted and led by the President of the United States and by the Vice President, who both claim to be devout Christians, who both are 100% against, uh, are, are 100% for abortion, 100% uh, for gender neutrality, 100% for a homosexuality, marriage. And, and, uh, uh, can I tell you something? That's not Christianity. It doesn't line up with the Bible. Preacher, you're getting political. No, I'm not. I'm being biblical here. I want you to see what's happening in our day and time. They're following after vain fellows, following after vain things. To be like the world. I read an article about uh, the... uh, the uh, a Southern Baptist Church down in, in, in Georgia who now have made it all inclusive of, of the LBGTYXAs. I know all those letters, but all that junk. Yeah. Say, preacher, are you being mean against them? No, they need Christ. Amen. And I love them, but I don't love their lifestyle. Their lifestyle is against what the Bible teaches. I'm not talking a political thing here. I'm talking Bible, folks. 
And the other stuff I was talking about before, I'm not talking political. I'm talking Bible. When you, I don't care if you're the president, the vice president, the secretary of state, uh, uh, Supreme Court justice. I don't care if you marry who had a little lamb. If you're against the Bible, it's not political. It's biblical. Amen. Yeah, you all got me stirred up a little bit. I ain't. <laughs> But they were following. They wanted to be like everybody else. And that's what's happening today. Christians, we don't need to be like everybody else. We need to be like the Lord and follow after the Bible. They want to be like the lost world and turn from the truth of God's Word. Churches are full of of services that are fleshly and unscriptural when it comes to worshiping the Lord and and not living for His honor and glory. They've turned aside from His Word. Sammy said, don't turn aside. So what do we do? As Samuel said here, he said in verse 20, he said, and he said unto the people, fear not. We can see all this happening around us. And, and the first thing you can do is you can sit there and twiddle your thumbs and, and get worried and wring your hands. But he says, fear not. He said, fear not. First, he says, fear, fear not because there is hope if you choose not to turn from following the Lord. Even if the world turns and goes that way, even if the liberal Christianity turns and goes that direction, he said, don't turn and go with me. He said, there's still hope. Why? Because God's still on the throne. He, he's saying, hey, sit, uh, you see it? Then correct it in your own life if it needs to be. Get back in step with your own life with the Lord. Make sure that you stay on track. Make sure that you follow the Lord. Make sure that you do what was right. Make sure that you stay in the Bible. Make sure you stay in church. Make sure that you follow the Lord. Make sure that you follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God. Just as he told the church of Ephesus there in Revelations chapter 2 and verse 5, he says, Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen. He's rebuked them for, for going astray. He says, remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent and do the first works. Otherwise, go back and start over and do what's right. Or he said, or else I'll come, quick, come unto thee quickly and will remove thy candlestick, which is the light of the church, which is the power of the church, which is God's hand on the church. He said, I'll remove that. And he said, it'll become dark and it'll become powerless and it'll become weak and, the, and Satan will swoop in and destroy it. He said, well... We'll, come, we'll remove the candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. That word repent means to make a change of direction. You're going one way, and to repent is to turn and go the other way. Awaken to the fact that you don't turn back now. Hey, listen, we make sure that we don't turn back. You and your family and others will become just like the world if you turn and go the way of the world. Listen, dads, listen. All across this altar, dads, listen. It's up to you to stand for the Lord in your house. It's up to you to make sure that Bible gets read and and that you live for the Lord so that your kids can see you live for the Lord. Moms, listen, it's up to you to to be that that Holy Spirit in the home where where the kids see a sweet atmosphere and the Spirit of God. And as you raise those children around the things of God, when they come in and they see you on your knees praying at times, when they see you in your Bible, uh, reading your Bible, and when they hear a dad praying for them, and and when dad is uh, sure to get out to church and and doesn't put other things uh, before, God, hey, listen, we need to stand in this day and time. Most again, there he said, Turn, verse 21 says, And turn you not aside, for then should you go after vain things, which profit, and profit nor deliver, for they are vain. You know what's happened in our world today? You know why our, 
Many of the high institutions of learning are the way they are today that's leading people astray. I'll be honest, I'm just going to tell you right up front, and somebody's not going to like it. I do not recommend any religious class in any state university at all. They will twist you up, mess you up, and destroy your belief on the Bible. How do you know? Because I have talked to so many kids that were raised in church and go to, to a college, and, 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 and I'm talking about state colleges and, and, and universities. I'm not talking about Bible colleges. I'm talking about, hey, listen, they will mess you up. Their, their ideology on the Bible is so messed up. And that's where we're getting a lot of that stuff. The psychology of a lot of that they're, that they're using today is to twist the thinking of Christians. Hey, turn not aside to the world and its ways. Then Samuel said, he said, well, what about the other? Hey, listen, I'm not against going to college. I'm just saying, be careful what classes you take. Some of them are designed to destroy you as a Christian. Then Samuel said, follow the Lord and serve Him. Look there in verse 20 again. It says, yet turn not aside from following the Lord but serve the Lord with all your heart. It's not a casual, it's not a when it's convenient type. It's not a when it's easy or when it's popular. He says, follow and serve the Lord. It's with all your heart. Don't just do it because it's popular. Don't just do it when it's easy. Don't just do it when it's convenient. Hey, listen, sometimes you gotta, you got to get out of your comfort zone in order to live for God. Sometimes you gotta, you got to stand up when nobody else will stand up. Sometimes you got to say something when nobody else will say something. Sometimes you got to pray out loud when nobody else will pray out loud. Sometimes you got to tell them about Jesus Christ when nobody will speak the name of Jesus Christ sometime you got to do something that may not be popular may not be convenient may not be accepted by everybody but hey listen don't turn aside but stand for the Lord Jesus Christ he says follow me with all your heart but preacher I won't get that promotion then you don't need that promotion if it's connected to that type of lifestyle well, preacher, that, that means that I might get snubbed and I might lose my job. Then God's got a better one for you. But preacher, I won't be able to be in this, this crowd over here. They'll think I'm strange. You don't need to be in the crowd then. You'd be better off with a meager salary and having to plant all your food in the backyard Go catch a fish out of a river. Go shoot a squirrel out of a tree. Go kill a deer to feed your family than to follow that junk. That's falling with all your heart. Now, I believe with all my heart that as we stand for the Lord, that He will clear a path. Yeah, there may be some bumps in the road, but he'll clear a path. We need to live for him with all of our heart. Then Samuel encourages them that the Lord won't forsake them. That those who are truly trying to live for him. Look at verse 22. It says, for the Lord, said, for the Lord will not forsake his people for his great namesake, because it hath pleased the Lord to make you his people. Now Samuel's talking to the children of Israel who had sinned against the Lord, who had done wicked things, who had chosen a man to be their king instead of God to be their king. And here's Samuel saying, wait a minute, now the Lord then said that he'll not forsake you. It's because he loves you. You know what? Every one of us in this room, I don't care who you are, you have sinned against God. I have sinned against God. 
Daily I have to go to the Lord and ask for forgiveness. And yet the Lord has not forsaken me. He never will forsake me. Even though we sin and though we disappoint the Lord and the, the Lord will not forsake His own. It's for His great name's sake that He they does not throw us away and abandon us. If He was just to throw us away, then people say, well, Christianity didn't help them. Didn't, God wasn't there for them. But instead, He pulls you to Him and He doesn't forsake you so that others can see that, hey, listen, there's a God in heaven that cares about them even when they mess up, that cares about them even when they sin, that cares about them even when they're unlovable. That's a wonderful God. He's merciful. He's long-suffering toward us even when we fail Him. The last part of Hebrews 13.5 says, For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You may be feeling all alone, but can I tell you something? If you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I mean you're truly born again. I'm not talking about being a, just a, a Christian by name. I'm talking about knowing Christ as your Savior with your heart. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. That is a promise that you can count on. That is a promise you can bank on. It's pleased Him to save you and to make you His child. He wants to transform each of us into the image of His Son that we would, have, that we would live for His honor and for His glory even in a world that seems to, to have no real desire to live for Him. Romans 8.29 says, For whom He did for no, He did also predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son. You want? He's working on you and me. It doesn't matter. Hey, listen, uh, uh, you heard that little, that little sweet back there. That was Remington all while. I'll tell you what. Do you know what? God's already started working in Remington's life. And He'll work in your life and my life from day to day continually because He loves us, because He cares for us. Because He desires for us to be close to Him. Hey, listen, he, He's continually, day by day, He will work in your life and my life to conform us into the image of His Son once we know Jesus Christ as, he, as our Savior. As a Christian, you've got a divine purpose. As a Christian, there's something He wants you to, there's a plan that He wants you to fulfill for Him. And Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. He's done something in our lives. He's trying to do something with our lives on a day-to-day -day basis. He loves us. He cares for us. Samuel reminds them uh, and us of, of how important it is to pray for one another. Look with me there in verse 23. After they've rejected the Lord as being their king, and, and after the Lord showed that he, He's not happy with it by sending the rain and, and the thunder and, and everything, and, uh, Samuel says, wait a minute. He says, moreover, as for me, he said, listen, I'm standing here. He said, I've been the prophet of God that, that God has used as your judge that has helped lead you. He says, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord in ceasing to pray for you, but I will teach you the good and right way. I'll tell you what is so important. It is so needful in our day. There's such a great need that we pray for one another. In fact, we're commanded to pray for one another. All across this auditorium. And people that you know, Christians that you know, and different ones. Hey, we ought to be praying for one another continually. Lifting them up before and praying for the lost that they might get saved. But we are definitely commanded by the Lord to pray for one another as Christians. 
There are struggles, there are problems, there are difficulties in people's lives that on a continual basis we should pray for them that, that the Lord will intervene, that the Lord will do what He wants to do in their life. And, and sometimes they're going through a learning lesson and, and, we're, and we're not to get between them and God, but we can still pray for them and, and God can use that in their life. And sometimes they're, they're, it's health issues and and we can sure pray that the Lord will heal them and, and that God will do some great things in their life and help them. Whatever it is that we should pray. There's, you say, preacher, I, what, I don't, so-and-so, I don't know that they got any needs. Hey, pray for them. You don't have to know the need. Pray for them. Lift them up before God. There's such a great need for us to pray. One of the things that you'll always see and always hear from most missionaries, especially if they've been on the field, is whether you support them financially, they'll always say, thank you for praying for us. Because they know that with God's prayer, with prayer from, to the Lord for them, that they can do great and mighty things for the honor and glory of God. There's some preachers that I, I text every once in a while, say, hey, praying for you today. Some of them do the same thing to me, and boy, I tell you what, it means a lot. To know that somebody's praying for you. Boy, I'll tell you what, we need to pray for one another. We need to pray for, for Christians to stand in this day and time. James chapter 5, verse 16 says, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another. Ephesians 6, 18 says, Pray always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. You say, well, the saints, who's the saints? If, you're, if you know Jesus Christ, your Savior, you're one of the saints. He says make supplication, that is make request. Pray for them is what he's saying. Pray for all Christians. Lift them up before the Lord. The Lord knows the need if, even if you don't know the need. Not only are we to pray for one another, but also we're to be that example that teaches others how to live for Christ. Uh, we, we find over there, he says, but I will teach you. The latter part of verse 20, he says, I will teach you the good and right way. Your life and my life is a teacher, either for good or for bad, bottom line, good, good or bad. A lot of the things that I can do in, in electronics and do on, on engine, motors and, and things like that, small engines and things like that, or building or anything, or, or, and I'm good at none of it, but I can do a little of some of it. And it's because I've watched somebody else and they was an example for me. They'll say, was well, it uh, uh, something uh, you can do? Uh, I don't know. Anyway, master of none. But anyway, the fact is, is that, hey, listen, we're still an example. The Bible says that we're to be that example. That we're to stand before others that they can see Jesus Christ. We're teaching with our lives. A lot of people just want to teach by just saying, do this, do that. But my friend, I'll tell you what, the greatest teacher that there will ever be for Christianity is the Christian who lives for Jesus Christ. Because if you will live for Him, you'll also speak up for Him. And oh, how we need to be that example and be that witness and, and teach others about the, about the Lord Jesus Christ to encourage the Christian to grow in the Lord. But not only to, to the Christian, but also those who don't know Jesus Christ their Savior, that they might get saved. Man's lost his fear in our day and time, though. They've lost their fear. They've lost their reverence for the Lord. And all around us, it seems like. Verse 24 says, Only fear the Lord and serve Him in truth with all your heart. For consider how great things He hath done for you. 
The word fear that you see here comes from the Hebrew word uh, uh, yare. Yare means to revere or to reverence and to, uh, to extol, to tremble. Otherwise, it's, it's kind of like... <laughs> It's kind of like those guys today that taught the Sunday school class. Tremble. They wasn't, they wasn't really afraid of the people, but there was a reverence of what they were doing and they wanted to do it well. And yeah, they was kind of afraid of the people too. But anyway. <laughs> it's kind of like, could I put it this way? You're driving down the highway, Highway 70, and you're not doing 70 mile an hour, you're doing 80. And all of a sudden, you look up into the mirror, and you see these flashing lights. You're not fearful of that police officer shooting you or shoving you off the road, but what you are fearful of and tremble about is that you're probably going to get a ticket because you broke the law. I don't know how many times I'll be driving and all of a sudden I look up in the mirror and there's this something in the pit of your stomach goes, oh. And the first thing you do, even if I got the cruise on, I look down at my speedometer. And then they go, bye. And I think, oh, thank you, Lord. But that's the trembling. When you begin to understand the position of somebody, if you was to go before a judge, there's, there's no doubt there's going to be some revere of his position because he gets to pronounce judgment. Can I give you something that's greater than that? The, the fear, the, the revere, the, the trembling of an almighty God who gives you breath, who keeps your heart beating, who keeps the blood flowing through your body, who brings about all good things, but also can be your judge and bring forth the wrath of God in your life. He's a great and mighty judge. We find here that we've lost that. The world has lost that. There's little fear of the Lord in our day and time, and yet I'm talking about Christians and the lost world alike. And yet he, He's an almighty God, and He'll be the judge over every single person. The Bible says it's appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Doesn't matter who you are, we will all stand before judgment with the Lord. Notice his, that God is a God of judgment there in verse 25. It says, but if ye, shall not, if ye shall do wickedly, ye shall be consumed, both ye and your, and your king. It's talking about the Lord's judgment upon them. You know, it's amazing how... Many fear the negative words of people. We're afraid of what people say. We're fearful of, of being rejected. We're fearful of, uh, of the ungodly. And, and today, uh, we're, li we're living in this cancel culture, as they call it. And people are fearful of being canceled. Why? Why? Who's canceling you? The ungodly world. The wicked. The vile. The unrighteous. That is if you're living for God and doing right. 
And we've become fearful of man. Can I tell you something? That one day, those who are so big in the cancel culture of keeping you from speaking the name of the Lord Jesus Christ or pointing people to the Bible, what the Bible says about sin, they don't want to hear that. So they cancel you. They don't want you to stand up. They cancel you. Can I tell you what's going to happen one day? The Bible says every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that he's Lord. The Bible also says that, that, that every one of us shall give an account of what we've done in this body, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Cancel culture will wind up in a place called hell. Why are we fearful of man? I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about doing things that are wrong. I'm not talking about being, you know, a dirty mouth and, and all that sort of stuff. I'm not talking about uh, uh, living on God. I'm talking about Christians living for, and standing for what's right. Stand for what's right. Why fear being laughed at or mocked or to be looked down upon? Because one day when you stand before the Lord, I would much rather hear the Lord say, Enter in, thou good and faithful servant, into the joys of the Lord. That would be so much better. He might even look, he might wink, he said, They canceled you down there, didn't they? Once you know, you never got canceled up here. And I have treasure after treasure for you because you stood for me. Because you live for me. Folks, there's no need to fear man. Matthew 10, 28 says, And fear not them which kill the body. They're not able to kill the soul. But rather fear Him, speaking of God, which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. That's where the reverence goes. That's where the fear goes. This morning, you may be sitting here. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you've never come to that place in your life that you, really, that you, that you admitted that you're lost and that you cannot make it to heaven, that, you're, that if you was to die, you're going to heaven. Listen, can I ask you this? Let me just ask everybody in this room. If you died this very moment before you ever walked out those doors, where will you be? If you can't say heaven, you need to get it settled this morning. Because you can't guarantee me that you'll walk out that door. You don't hear a lot about it, but there's been times when people, and I think it happened in this church, that somebody died in church. Say, yeah, preacher, they preacher kept preaching until it just wouldn't stop and they just died. No. People dropped dead with heart attacks. Say, well, that's probably an old person. Hey, young people alike. You may be a teenager in here. If you don't know Jesus Christ, your Savior, you can't guarantee me you will be alive tomorrow. Oh, yeah, I think I will. You can think all you want, but you don't know that. And God, one day, because you're here, He's giving you opportunity to say, one day He's going to say, enough's enough. I'm tired of trying to call you, and you keep rejecting me. And then, my friend, when He says enough is enough, then you can't get saved because you have rejected Him. So where do you get that? Genesis chapter 6. He said, my spirit shall not always strive with man. When God quits dealing with your heart, you can't get saved. You get saved when He deals with your heart, not when you want to get saved. Now we're to revere Him. 
and to serve him with all of our heart. Look in 24 again, it says, only fear the Lord and serve him with all your heart. Christian, we need to magnify him with our tongue, with our life, with all that's in us, with all of our heart. And we need to serve him in truth with all of our heart. Serving him in truth and sticking to this blessed book. Not what the world does, not what some church group does, but what the Bible says. That's why I always tell you, hey, follow me in the Bible. If I'm not right with what the Scripture says, don't follow me. Follow the book. Don't follow some misguided liberal way. Serve Him with all your heart. John chapter 4 verse 23 says, But the hour has come, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. You have a lot of people who say that they're worshiping the Lord, but they're not worshiping Him in, in truth. They're not living for Him with their life. And so it's a lie. It would be, it would be like me uh, telling my wife, I love you, I love you, and then cheating on her. That's exactly what it would be like. Telling God, I love you, I love you, and then go out Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and live like the lost world. That's like telling your wife that you love her and cheating on her. I can't get any plainer than that. We need to love Him, follow Him with all of our hearts, serve Him with all of our heart to magnify the Lord, to glorify Him. Why, preacher? Notice what, what Samuel says here. Oh, consider what He's done for you. In verse 24, the latter part says, For consider how great things He hath done for you. Boy, I'll tell you what, I could stand here and preach another message and another message and another message and another message on the great things He hath done for me. He's good. All the time. All the time. Oh, yeah, there's problems, but He's there. Oh, yeah, there's difficulties, but He's there. Oh, yeah, there's struggles. You, you, you know, the Scripture says, He says, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. He didn't say that you wouldn't go through trials and tribulations. He didn't say that, uh, that you wouldn't go through difficult times. He didn't say that you wouldn't go through down times. He didn't say that you wouldn't have problems. He just said, I'll be there with you through them. I'll be there with you through them. Consider what great things He hath done. It should cause you to worship Him and to obey Him with all your heart. It should cause you to draw near unto Him with all your heart. And my friend, it ought to cause us to serve Him with all of our heart. Everything. What would happen in this country if Christians began to serve the Lord with all their heart and follow the Word of God? You'd see a revival that would change this nation like nothing else when we choose to serve Him with all of our heart. Would you bow with me in prayer, please? This morning, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you can't guarantee me you'll be alive. And if you say no to the Lord today, you may never get another chance to receive Christ as your Savior. You say, well, preacher, I, I, I might. Can you guarantee that? Well, I hope I will. Can you guarantee it? 
come this morning. Let me take a Bible. Every head will be bowed. No one looking around. Let me take a Bible and show you how to receive Jesus Christ, your Savior. Get it settled today. And Christian, maybe this morning, maybe you need to find a place here and say, Lord, help me to live for you with my whole heart. Lord, I need your strength. I need your, I need your, your presence in such a way. Would you, would, you, would you be with me? And Lord, I want to live for you with all my heart. Whatever I do, whatever you call me to do in my life, I, I want to live for you with all my heart. And then Christian, we need to be praying for one another. Praying and seeking God. But let us serve him with all of our heart. Father, I thank you for loving us. Have your one way in this invitation. Save the lost. Encourage the Christian. Strengthen us, Lord. Help us to draw an eye to you. For this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me with your heads bowed?